Okay, I wanted to pop on today because every single week I get so many DMs asking me to do Instagram bio and content audits. And whilst I would love to do that for every single one of you, it just isn't possible. So I wanted to let you know that if you have been waiting around and wanting me to audit your Instagram account, now is your chance because I'm hosting a private 45 minute live masterclass where I'll be auditing one of your Instagram accounts live and teaching you how to up-level your Instagram game. Now, this offer is exclusive to anyone who purchases our Insta Influence Kit, which launches in just a few days. And I'm so excited from the waitlist. So if you're dying to save your seat inside this masterclass and be the first to unlock over 100 social media content and templates and dive deep into our BB3 content formula, this is your chance. So if you subscribe to the waitlist and you buy IIK from the waitlist, you could be in with chance of getting your Instagram account audited by me live on a call for 45 minutes where we really dive deep into your Instagram strategy and help you up level across the board. So if you're ready, this is going to be the most epic product and I know you're absolutely going to love it. So hit the link in the show notes below and hop on the waitlist and you'll be one of the first to know when IIK launches and it means you'll throw your hat in the ring to get an Instagram audit live by me. Now let's get back to the episode. I'm the one that goes to sleep with me at night. So I need to be making sure that my responsibility is to my soul first and my soul only. And so by just seeing in small decisions and then eventually in big decisions that it was my intuition that was leading me to Justin. All these different experiences I had in my life, I've really known that it's the most important thing. Welcome to the Boss Bay Podcast, a place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building successful businesses, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. I'm Natalie Ellis, co-founder and CEO of Boss Babe, and this week I'm co-hosting this episode with Danielle. So we did a roundtable with the amazing women behind Almost 30, and it was so interesting being able to do that because obviously they are both really close co-founders, just like me and Danielle are. And it was so nice to meet other people like that. And we just had such a candid conversation about so many different things that goes on behind the scenes in business. And I think you're really, really going to love this episode. And then with a life update. So I've officially moved to Austin. I'm recording this from Austin. I feel like I've been talking about this for the longest time, but I am here now. I'm starting to settle in. And it feels really good. It feels really different, but it feels really, really good. And I'm glad that we made this move and this decision. We're obviously still building the house. So we're in a rental right now because the house probably won't be ready till I think October. They're saying October, but things have been very delayed. I think there's so many people building houses in Austin right now. Everything's kind of backed up. So we have been designing the house. We've done all of the flooring, the cabinets, the walls, the colors, the electrical stuff, like all of the foundational stuff's been done now and designed. And now we're just moving on to the interior design. So it's really, really fun. I have so many slide decks pulled up with my big vision for the house. And I just can't wait to be in a space that I designed like start to finish. It feels really, really good. Anyway, we'll dive into the episode. Now, if you keep up with the Boss Babe Instagram, you know that we hop on and on about the importance of supporting yourself to succeed in all areas of life. Because in order to reach your high high potential, you really have to have the energy, health and mindset to actually get you there. So from taking care of your body with a good morning routine to tapping into your intuition to push your personal growth, these things all support the growth of your brand and business. And today's guests are no stranger to this. So today's guests are Krista and Lindsay from 
almost 30. Their brand consists of a top 50 podcast, a global community, an inclusive platform to fuel your conscious evolution. Almost 30 is a space where women can come as they are, feel welcomed and supported, and learn more about the topics that fuel conscious evolution. Their mission is to inspire and empower women while staying grounded and fun, which you're going to hear all about in this episode. So we're just going to dive straight in. I know you're going to get so much from it. And as always, please share it on Instagram, tag us all, let us know what your biggest takeaways were. And then if you could leave us a review, that would mean the world because it really, really helps our ratings on Apple. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise. Keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own version of success. So you guys are just talking, you're making a big move and you're going to be a part. How are you feeling about that? Emotional, we don't talk about it. I know, honestly, every time people bring it up, we're like, what are we doing? We're like, we have a meeting next week. I usually, my whole life has been me making decisions that I feel intuitively guided to and then dealing with the repercussions of those later. So if I think too much about it's going to be hard to be a part, we're not going to be able to do this, we're not going to be able to do that, then it'll scare me and stop me from making the decision. And I think Lindsay would feel the same. So I always just really follow my heart, follow my gut, and then figure it out when we get there. I think we'll be as strategic as we can as possible, but it's just like you never know until you're there. Like 2020, if it taught us anything, it taught us that we can only prepare so much. We had to pivot so much as a business in 2020. And so I try to not get so ahead of myself, especially when I'm thinking about stuff that's like so personal and important. Totally. Yeah, and I think two things. One, especially in 2020, Krista and I were really able to strengthen our relationship even more than it was. And I just think that moving forward, no matter what comes our way, we'll really be able to navigate it with a lot of grace and like heart because as logistically heavy as a move feels to me right now, I know that like our relationship is so solid and our intention with the business is so solid that yes, there might be just a little bit of a period of time where it feels uncomfortable because we're like, (laughs) it just feels out of our rhythm of doing things. But I have no doubt that we'll be able to do it and really like focusing on how could this really benefit the business and benefit our quality of life. Like to envision Krista and Justin in a house, I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be incredible. And just having that focus rather than what's going to go wrong. It's like, wow, a lot of things could go right and really surprise us about how it actually expands the business. Mm-hmm. So 100%. Totally. I really agree with that. Like when they're doing something new, like what energy you put behind it yes. is so important. So yeah, like and the taxes, <laughs> like yeah. I'm upset. I've always loved Austin. Even six years ago, I went and I was like, oh, I think I could live here. And, but as business owners, it's so weird because when I was young, I'm like, oh, taxes. You don't really understand when you're making $40,000 a year. a year at my first job. And now that we get older and we're running a business, I'm like, oh, this will actually impact us in such a powerful way that we're able to invest in our team. We're able to maybe take more income home or revenue at home as salary. So there's other parts too that are huge benefits that I'm looking forward to like leveraging. Yeah. And when we first started our business, we were in different countries, completely different time zone, eight hours apart. So if you want advice, let us know. I'm really curious when you were saying this year, well, 2020, you've really deepened your relationship. What does that look like for you guys? And what have you been learning from each other in that process? Yeah. So Kristen and I started the business very soon after we met. So really, we were getting to know each other as we were building almost 30, which I think really was a benefit to us. I think 
the the entity as you guys spoke of and and we consider almost already an entity too we were able to just pour into that and without this preconceived notion of who the other had been is now and i felt like it was just really clear and it made the process really fun and it moved quite quickly but yeah 2020 was a year for so many listening now that was like just It was like an earthquake in so many ways, whether it was like within your relationships, your health. A lot of people were like, I don't want to be doing this with my life as far as a career. So for us, we had our own personal earthquakes and we're very much tied together in what was happening. And so to witness one another go through certain things in 2020, I was really able to see a part of Krista and really see a part of myself as a friend, as like a sister that just gave me perspective and appreciation as hard as those moments were. It just brought me out of the day-to-day business dealings and brought me back to, oh my gosh, our relationship is a living, breathing thing that if we don't tend to and make a priority, then the business really won't thrive. It'll definitely hit a ceiling. So we've been in therapy, we have coaches, we do healings together and yeah, it's just been a blessing for sure. And what has that looked like in those moments where things have been hard? Has there been times when you haven't agreed or seen eye to eye or been driving towards the same thing and you've had to reevaluate? I think we agree on almost everything. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really beautiful thing is that we are so mission driven, same with you guys, Mm -hmm. that it actually is very clear to make decisions when the mission's so clear. It's like, okay, we're very rooted in what we're doing. So we don't agree or disagree much. I think our issues come from really being public figures and really being people that are putting ourselves out there really honestly and vulnerably very often. When you have 400 episodes out, that's a lot of information. That's a lot of speaking. That's a lot of opportunity to sort of not always say the right thing or not always do the right thing. And so we've had to come up against really intense growth edges for ourselves personally. The podcast is a deep self-study for us. And so Our episodes from 400 episodes ago are a totally different person, but yet they still exist and people can listen to them today. So we've just had to learn so much about ourselves as people and then hopefully just support each other as much as friends. And then the business is really second to that. I love that. What do you value most as in each other as business partners? So many things. I think I've learned Krista has so much experience on the strategy side, on always really having a clear vision of being super connected to her intuition. And so coming into almost 30, I was learning so much about execution of those visions because I can have a lot of ideas. I kind of can have those babies as we were talking about in our interview, just wanting to birth them, but I'm not quite sure how to actually execute them. And Krista is just has such a gift in being able to connect the dots and also really illuminate my genius or anyone's genius that she's really focused on pulling into a particular project. So it's just really cool to see. And I think I had a lot of anxiety around the business part of it. I come from a performance background. So I was an actress and wanting to be on Broadway and never really considering myself an entrepreneur, but I was actually an entrepreneur because I was like Mm -hmm. trying to make this thing happen for myself, but I was always waiting for the yes. I was always waiting to be cast. And so to be in the driver's seat of building a business, I was like, I am not worthy. I don't know. I shouldn't be here for way too long. But I think reading a book like 
the big leap by Gay Hendricks, it's one of those things where I'm like, wow, I do have a lot of aspects of who I am and how I do things that is really valuable. And I could be focusing on those things and not spending a ton of time shaming myself for not being good at others. Does that mean I won't sit and learn and grow? No, I've become a huge part of, I think my spiritual growth too, is just that discipline around like with a really open heart, trying to have very little ego around just like learning new things. And I think just having a business is like the biggest self-study in that way. And Chris has just been such a beautiful mirror for me because we kind of bring out each other's strengths, but also some shadows. So it's been really healing. Yeah. And I think Lindsay's just a master of tough conversations. So I'm just a very passionate person. I'm like very righteous sometimes. And I'm working on it and I'm really learning about the importance of the way you say things and just being a little bit more neutral and things. But when we've had to have really, really hard conversations, Lindsay's always very, very good at articulating things in a way that feel loving. And I've learned that you can disagree with people. You can tell them what you're thinking or what's true. And you can really hear them and you can have a really productive conversation, even if you both feel really passionately about things. And the way that I grew up, I didn't see people disagree or fight or have conversations where people were arguing in a way that was productive or where they loved each other. I never saw people be like, I love you so much. Like, why are you doing this? Or I love you so much. Like, you're so good at this. What's going on here? And Lindsay's so good at being like, you're amazing and we really want this. Or this is amazing. You've been really helpful and we're looking for this. And kind of having those conversations with our team, with other people that relate to the business. And it's been really powerful and helpful for us because as business owners and public figures and entrepreneurs, the brand and who we are extends beyond just our show. It's with every partner we work with, every sponsor, every person that we touch is really part of like our ecosystem of people knowing that our intention is good, we are good people, and we are really here for the right reasons. Let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite educational platforms, Masterclass. I have been referring back to this platform for years, and I love that you can simply log in and take inspirational classes from world-class coaches no matter where you are. If you haven't explored Masterclass yet, go to masterclass.com slash boss babe and scroll through some of the categories. I think you'll really love what you see. One of the latest classes I tuned into was Anna Winter's class on creativity and leadership. She takes you into her office as Vogue's editor-in-chief and it was so inspiring to learn about her leadership style, team culture, and how she encourages creativity in her team. Not only does Masterclass have tangible business development classes that you can watch at your desk or listen to on the go, but it also includes classes in 10 other categories ranging from food, home and lifestyle, music, wellness, design, and so much more. There are over 200 classes to choose from with new classes added every month. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Plus, Every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash boss babe. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash boss babe, masterclass.com slash boss babe. The other day, the team and I were talking about how much our audience loves biohacking. And whenever we release content based around creating better habits for our lifestyle and health, you all seem to really soak it up and request more. So I wanted to share about our podcast sponsor, Prolon, today. 
because I've never seen a company like this. Prolon is a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making cells believe that they're fasting. There are so many strategic benefits to fasting and Prolon helps you hit these goals without actually needing to fast. Prolon's five-day program includes snacks, soups, and beverages, all designed to keep your body in a fasted state. And you get everything pre-packaged, labeled, and ready to go, so there's no guesswork. It's super simple, and it works. Extended fasting of at least two to three days has proven to produce unique benefits like cellular rejuvenation, metabolic support, and increased cardiovascular health. So if you're ready for a fasting program that doesn't leave you hungry or exhausted and instead gives you more energy, I highly recommend giving Prolon a try. Right now, Prolon is offering Boss Babe podcast listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash boss babe. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life.com slash boss babe for this special offer. Prolonlife.com slash boss babe. I love that. And I really think that crucial conversations, the difficulty of having them isn't talked about enough. Because you can get people on both sides of the spectrum. Some people who, like I used to, come in like a bull in a china shop. They're like, this is how I'm feeling. This is it. Da, da, da. Another person on the other side of it who's like, I don't want to talk about this. I r- would rather just like agree and walk away and well, bottle it up. other person. She <laughs> 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 other I like that too. Where I can't think about what other people think in that moment. Yeah. Like I, I'm very compassionate, but it's hard for me to understand how other people feel. Yeah. yeah. But then I swing to the very far other side where sometimes it's distracting where I'm picking up on what other people feel Same. on not saying how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as well, like building businesses, that saying 80% mindset, 20% skill, I think is so, so true in so many ways. Like I think the strategy is like 20% and the rest is like mindset, communication skills, like skills that go with nurturing a team and really communicating with your vision and communicating, particularly when you have a business partner, right? It really makes you, in fact, I think that's probably one of the things that we've experienced. Like it accelerates that, the growth that you need to do in your communication as well yes. to make it work, right? Soft skills are everything. We have amazing interns throughout almost 30. We probably had like 10 at this point. And every time I'm coaching them so much on the soft skills, I just know from being in the corporate world, like I saw it through and through, it's like you were only as successful as much as people wanted to work with you. It's not a popularity contest per se, but people have to like working with you. And people have to really enjoy your company as a person. And then you also need to produce. But the soft skills within business and with life are so underrated. And I would take someone on our team that has a great attitude, wants to be there, wants to support the business, wants to support us over the most skilled person any day. Yeah, we found that too. It's really about are you showing up to work alongside people that you want to be with, that make you feel good, that are rowing in the same direction. And it's interesting finding that balance between even as a leader, how do you make sure people know that you expect them to get their jobs done and it's a really Mm -hmm. safe space to mess up and not be perfect at the same time? I think that's the golden question of figuring that out. And I think probably no one's got that fully figured out, but we're all just trying. Yeah, totally. Do you know what? I think it's another thing that's underrated in business. Go for it. Let's hear it. it. Please tell (laughs) us. Do you know how I waited for that pause? Intuition. And you spoke about this, Krista. And I was actually interviewing Jamie Kern Lima the other day and we were talking about it. She was the founder of It Cosmetics Mm -hmm. and just like listening to your gut and your intuition. And I can only speak from my personal experience, but I really closed that off for a long time. Like I went so logical in my brain. Mm -hmm. And I think like as women, we have this power of like really knowing our intuition and just knowing our guts. Like you don't have to justify everything. You just know where something's right I'm going to work or you're like mm, something's just off I'm just getting this like feedback and I'm really curious like how particularly you Krista because you brought this up and you know Lindsay mentioned this about you like how have you tapped into your intuition and let that guide you there's a lot of different ways that I can be like 
just strategic about helping people. But I just want to make a note that when you think about the ways in which you've been, you've led or listened to your intuition, I can think of boss babe and I can think of another one. Those are not always the easiest ones. Those are actually usually the hardest decisions and they actually don't always make sense. So it's not like people listen to their intuition and then they walk into the coffee shop and meet the man of their dreams. It's actually usually the harder decisions that don't make sense to a lot of people. So for me, that was so many different parts of my life where I didn't make sense. People didn't really understand the way that I worked, the way that I operated. As an example, I quit my job when I was working in consulting in Chicago and I knew it wasn't a fit. And this was actually a testament to my intuition. I knew that I should quit, but I didn't. And then I ended up getting in this sexual harassment case with my boss, which prompted me to leave. So if I would have listened to my intuition before, I wouldn't have gotten in that situation. But it was really the universe shooing me out. After that, I traveled in Patagonia for a few months and didn't make sense to anyone. I didn't have money at the time because I just quit my job. But I found Justin along the way and fell in love with him and then ended up moving to New York. Everyone was kind of judging me for falling in love with someone I didn't know, for moving to a city I didn't know, for kind of leaving my friends behind. But it was what I needed to do for myself and what I needed to do for me. And I'm the one that goes to sleep with me at night. So I need to be making sure that my responsibility is to my soul first and my soul only. And so by just seeing in small decisions and then eventually in big decisions that it was my intuition that was leading me to Justin, to Lindsay, to almost 30, to all these different experiences I had in my life, I've really known that it's the most important thing. And just for people that want to connect more to their intuition, I think some of the ways that I always make sure to do that is by disconnecting from our phones, at least as regularly as we can be, or media, or anything that's sort of just providing an input or stimulus that can cause a discrepancy between our soul and what's going on in the outside world. I meditate every single day. I didn't drink for a long time just so that I could be really clear and sort of connect as much as I could to source. And then I do a lot of spiritual practice like Reiki healing and therapy and EMDR that are really helpful as well. I love so much of that. And I'm really curious, have there been times, because I know we've definitely felt this, where you have a really strong intuition about something. Let's say it's in a work capacity. And I'll give an example for us. A while ago, we made a hire. Now, it wasn't everyone was all yes, all in on this hire. And for some reason, I just had this feeling, this intuition. Yes, this is a really good hire. And I said to Danielle, I just need you to trust me blindly with this one. I don't have any data to show you. And without question, she was like, 100%, I've got your back. I'm all in. And I think that's because of the relationship of trust we have in that we would never make that ask lightly. But when you're going to a team, you can't necessarily just say, listen, I need you to trust me. Is there a way Mm. that you balance intuition with like the data or the points there? I think we're so intuition led. Our team's like, can we have data? Yeah. Our team literally for membership, our team for membership Poor was things. like, do we have a number goal? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I think they actually need more numbers. But as an example for something like that, Susie Batiste, the founder of Poopery, is one of our Love friends. Her. And she's someone we look to who really is super intuition led. I mean, she does plant medicine all the time and will come in after a weekend and be like, hey, I had a ceremony and Mother Ayahuasca said, this is an example. Mother Ayahuasca told her that poopery was basically based on shame around poop, that it was basically telling people to mask their shame of their poop with the scent and that they needed to change their entire marketing strategy and mission to be more around empowerment of letting that shit go. 
So she had an ayahuasca experience that basically changed the whole entire marketing strategy and direction for the business. But she believed in herself enough to really just like tell her team and surrounds herself with people that trust her intuition and like their relationship to her intuition enough. But I think we honestly could be better with numbers. For sure. But I also think that it's important if we are going to be intuition led and kind of lean more on that side that we empower our team to also be intuition led and to empower them if they have just kind of this zing of an idea that rushes through them to present it. Definitely do what you need in order to organize your thoughts and present it in a way that allows us to take steps on it. But we really want to empower the team to follow their intuition as well. And it's been a journey because it's hard. We are moving so quickly. So if there have been moments, which there have been, where team members are doubting themselves over and over, I take that on as a responsibility because I'm like, wait, why are they doubting Mm -hmm. themselves? So I think it's a combination of perhaps their past experience and just kind of who they are and not really like stepping into their potential, but then also our, our responsibility as leaders. How do we just really empower them and give them confidence to trust themselves? So that's been like an ongoing piece that we're working on. And I think too, thinking about Boss Babe, I mean, you guys serve women. And I just think about the power that women have. And I don't mean this in a corny way, but intuition is like that X factor. It's like that je ne sais quoi, that women have so much more of that connection to our intuition than men. And I really think that is when we're connected to that, there's nothing that stands in our way. And men, unfortunately, I feel like over the years have just disconnected more so from their intuition, just being in the masculine and being in the patriarchal structure that we're in. And when we are able to tap into our intuition, it's just game over. Yeah, I really agree with that, actually. I think women have that superpower and the more we can leverage it. I just know for me, you know, every time I lean into my intuition, like magic happens. And that's mm. something I want to get to a little bit more. And sometimes it's like fear, right? Yes. You kind of like the logical brain steps from the fear versus just like this knowing like this is what I need to do. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. So you mentioned meditation and different modalities, and we are both completely obsessed with people's morning rituals. Obviously, you guys have had massive success, and I want to dive into the podcast, and I want you to teach us your ways, but I think the things that really fuel success are the things you do daily and and how you really get your energy in the right place to show up. So I want to hear from both of you, like the specifics of each of your morning routines. We're obsessed. Mm, I know. I love a good. Same. It's actually changed over the last year just with quarantine and everything. I feel like we were traveling a ton before and so it required me to shift because of quarantine, but it's actually been really nice. So I've only recently in the last few years really met my anxiety. I'm sure I had it before, but I have more of an awareness around it. And what I was noticing was that when I was on my phone in the morning at all before 930, it was taking me on a trip. I was like not in my body. My head was somewhere else. I would forget my priorities. I would forget to take care of myself, to feed myself. Like it was just, I didn't know where I was going to go, but it was like not where I wanted to be. And so I've committed to just as best as I can staying off my phone until about nine, nine thirty. I'll wake up and within the first 10 minutes, I'll meditate for 10 minutes. And I do that right away because I can definitely get distracted with, let me work out because I have to get ready for this. And you know, all the things that I have on my to-do list. And so if I do it within the first 10 minutes, I'm good to go. I've been stretching a lot recently. I think going from teaching fitness full-time for many years and then now slowing down, still working out, but definitely not as much. I just feel like this, both my physical body and my energetic body to really stretch. So taking time to actually do that has been really helpful. 
And then I'll do like 20 minutes of a workout. While I'm working out, I'll be like doing my hot water and just kind of preparing my many beverages. But I'll do like a YouTube workout. I'm doing Mad Fit right now and she's great. It's very simple. She doesn't talk, right? She doesn't say much. I love it's that. nice. But she's really sweet and it's like short and it's mm. great. And then I'll, if I'm making my own coffee, I'll make my own coffee. Make sure I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm not good at hydrating. So I actually have to like build it into my routine. Yeah, I got my big water bottle from Amazon. I was like, <laughs> yeah, need it by my side. Or I'll get my bulletproof coffee, which is something that I love and treat myself to. I'm obsessed with. I it's just made them for me. The yeah. freaking best. It's just... I go to the cafe and pay way too much money. We're all about our own morning tonics over here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so good. I generally, for the most part, fast until about 11 a.m., except if it's the week of my period, I'm learning that it really does not serve my body when it's in that much stress. So generally, I'll fast until 11. It just kind of... I don't know. It's like a... It's a control thing. It, <laughs> literally, I knew you were going to say something. But it's like, I'm just clearer. I like fasting. It's weird. I'm just like, I'm it's clearer. True. And I think because I don't teach fitness anymore, it's yes. weird. My appetite is different. So I can kind of push through that. But I'll take a walk with my coffee. Walking this past year, I didn't understand the value of it before. Chris has always been a great walker and I'm fully on board and... I usually walk by myself, but although it's been a great way to like catch up with friends and be mm. able to still move, but I love just kind of being like a little tourist in, in our town here. Just That's being like, oh, wow, I never noticed that before. Or taking a different route or just being out in nature it just feels really, really good. And then by, by 930, we're online. Last thing is just usually taking like a shower before I get into the day. I kind of like to create a marker of like, okay, I'm entering my work day. I'm out of my like morning routine, sacred time. I can enter the workday now. So a shower is like good just to. I think that morning time is so sacred. There's a big like transition for me being in the UK because when I was in the UK, I was ahead. And so my mornings were just easy to have on my own. Like there was no like temptation because really no one else was online. Whereas moving to LA, it's taken so much discipline not to go on my phone straight away. And I really noticed the days when I'm like, if I go straight onto my phone, my day is governed by other people's priorities versus my own. Like it's so anxious, so stressed. And I get to like 6 p.m. and I'm like, hang on a minute. I've been working all day and I've still got all these things on my to-do list that I've not got around to. Like, how has this happened? Yes. And so I think just like really like cementing that time and like locking in that intention around like, I am not going on my phone till this point because it just starts that kind of spiral, if you like. So I really like that. What about yours? The blue light and the cortisol too. I think the blue light in the morning, because you're supposed to have like, when you think about the light spectrum in the day, you're supposed to wake up with like more of the warmer tones of light, which is natural. And then having blue light in the morning is also detrimental right away. So mine is, starts around 5.30. My cats, I have two cats that we adopted. I know it's not my ideal. We adopted two cats in quarantine, two little cats from this place in LA. And they take turns like waking me up They'll be on the bedside table and they'll take turns meowing until I wake up. And it's torture. It's torture, but I love it. It's sweet. So they'll wake me up. And then from that point, I will call back my energy from anywhere it's been or any realms that it's been in from the night before. I dream crazily. Like I dream quite a bit. And I always have people message me all the time that tell me I'm in their dreams. I just want to call myself back to wherever I was. And I can feel sort of like the holes in my auric field just filling in. 
And then well, as soon as I stand up, I'll sort of root my feet in the ground and just ground myself in the energy of the day. At times, if my fiance is being good, I'll put my hand over my heart and I'll look at him and I'll be grateful for him. And if not, <laughs> whatever, we're skipping it. <laughs> we're moving in. And then I will go in the kitchen and I will oil pull. So I'll oil pull with coconut oil, just put some in my mouth and swish it around for a few minutes. And then I'll tongue scrape, which is helpful for oral hygiene. It's helpful actually too if you want to break a sugar addiction just by removing the germs from your tongue. So I'll do that for a few seconds. And then I'll sit down and write down my dreams from the night before. So I'll write just basically what happened in my dream and then the overall sentiment or feeling that I had. As an example, last night I was dreaming about crazy things. Actually, I don't even want to say they're so crazy. But my overall sentiment and feeling was like fear and it was rage. Actually, those two feelings. The night before, it was joyful and beautiful. But last night, it was like fear and rage. And then so in my meditation, I'm sort of working on those feelings, either letting myself fully feel those feelings, rage or fear, so that I am sort of continuing the cycle so that in my dreams, my emotions aren't processing subconsciously in my dreams. So I want to bring those into consciousness and feel those all the way through. And then I'll meditate for 15 to 20 minutes, write down my intention for the day, and then I'll usually go work out. That's usually my thing. And then after the workout, shower and get started. But meditation is really like the pillar. And do you fast or do you have breakfast? I have breakfast at like 8 a.m. when I get back from my workout. What do you have? I'll have, lately I've been having Oat of the Ordinary. It's like a high protein oatmeal. I love oatmeal. And then an Aloha protein shake, which are these like little protein shakes. And breakfast do, is my biggest meal. Yeah. Do you do any coffee? Do you put any like mm -hmm. potions in it? No. I used to be a potion girl. And then I was like, why am I having 600 calories of powder every morning? <laughs> like, not to be, I'm not like a calorie counter, but I was like trying to just get a grip on what's going on. And I'm like, I have 600 calories of powder in the morning. And then I'm having a 600 calorie breakfast. I'm like, I'm kind of setting myself up for failure here. You were powder queen. I'm powder queen. I literally, you can see my whole pantry. Whenever friends come over now, I'm like, take my powders. Literally I don't want same. any more. Do you powders. guys want it literally do you guys want powders yeah, when so you leave many. here i stopped drinking coffee recently i'm kind of off and on i just for adrenal health and for some reason i don't feel energized drinking coffee i think it takes away my chi so i don't really drink caffeine or coffee for me i'm re-affected negatively by coffee if i don't have the right type of coffee yes mm, that's yeah. so like if it's like poor quality and by poor quality i mean like i like high altitude coffee i freshly grind it in the morning so it actually has the antioxidants because if it's like ground previously like it doesn't have that mm. so that's good to know yeah. i didn't know yeah, that yeah you have to freshly grind it you can come to your house for yeah. coffee yeah. you can come <laughs> <laughs> like i'm looking for high altitude bring, coffee. bring, bring your powders <laughs> <laughs> but i'm like really intuitive in the morning so i was saying like generally i'll fast but it's really like you know you were saying earlier lindsay about you're listening to your body and feeling like it needs mm -hmm. to stretch that's how i am now with food I used to really eat by certain times and was very like, oh, well, I must have breakfast because it's this time. Right. I must have lunch at this time. I must have my dinner at this time. Whereas now I'm trying to get into a space of like, oh, do you know what? I'm not really hungry right now. When my period's here, I am starving and I will not not eat. I'm like, actually, do you know what? My body just needs it. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to get into a space where I decide whether I fast or not and how long I fast just by how my body feels. That's huge. Um, exactly. That That's huge. Yeah. And about intuition too, like those little intuition follows are instrumental to building Huge. your intuitive muscle yes. like even if you're just sitting there and you're sitting in your chair and you're like i'm hungry and i want like a pizza and yeah. then you give yourself 15 minutes you're like okay do i still want a freaking pizza and you're like okay that's my intuition i want a freaking pizza and i eat a pizza i'm like okay that will benefit you in the long haul when you're listening to those tiny moments even though it doesn't seem 
like a big deal. Yeah, and like this morning, Danielle stayed over last night. This morning, I as you do, like a sleeper, <laughs> as you <Yeah>. do, <laughs> strategizing. So I made us bulletproof coffees, doing my normal routine, and I never really have smoothies. I'm more of a warm than a cold mm-hmm. person. But this morning, I was like, I'm gonna make us smoothies, and she was like, What are you gonna put in it? I'm like, I don't know. And I was just looking at what we had and feeling into what I needed, yes. and it was so nice to do that. And I wasn't yeah. thinking about the recipe. I was like, When you crave, say, spinach or you crave pineapple, there's something in it that yes. your body is looking for and I'm like I'm just gonna throw it all together we had a shit ton of peanut butter I'm like you know what we're going with it we need it I loved my morning I literally woke up she made me a hot lemon water for our digestion (laughs) then she made a bulletproof coffee I was like okay this and then the offer of the smoothie I was like wow I'm not leaving (laughs) you had Nala oh I did her dog Oh, she's like oh, the baby lion. She's just so Oh, she a palm? Yeah. Angel. So she's like so snuggly and full of love. You know? Oh, yeah. Like she's yeah. just a bundle of love. Not she just runs over and like grabs you and she's so little and fluffy. She looks like a stuffed animal. And because Danielle stayed over and she's like not used to seeing her, she was like, I'm not leaving her side. And it was just really sweet. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode so far. Please stay tuned as we share a bit of info about who sponsored this episode. This episode of the Boss Babe podcast is sponsored by 99designs. Now, if you haven't heard of 99designs, it is the go-to graphic design platform by Vistaprint that makes it really easy for you to work with professional creative experts from around the world and build your brand through custom memorable design. From logos to apps and merch, book covers, 99designs is where you can get an incredible design you'll love. There are two ways to work with 99designs. Either you can run a contest where you invite 99designs entire creative community to participate in your project, or you can run a one-to-one project where you search for and get matched with the perfect designer to help you bring your idea to life from start to finish. Now, because we love 99designs by Vistaprint so much, we've actually partnered with them to provide you with an exclusive discount on your next piece of design work. With our partnership, you can get $40 off your first design contest as well as a free power pack upgrade with $99. This upgrade boosts the number of design proposals you receive, meaning you're going to get more choice and variety to choose from. From pitch to perfection, 99designs will be with you every step of the way, offering all of the creative support you need to help your business grow and thrive. Head to 99designs.com forward slash boss babe. And we're back. Let's jump back into today's episode. So I want to talk podcasting because you guys are queens when it comes to podcasting. You were just saying you've done over 400 episodes, which is phenomenal. We are not there. We were definitely, I would say, later to the party. But do you think it's still late to the party? Do you think there's still a lot of space in podcasting? Is there room for anyone listening who's been thinking about doing it? Yeah, I think there's room for people that are consistent with it. I forget what the stat, it's like 78% of people quit podcasts after seven episodes. They do? Yeah, so most people put out episodes, they put up to seven episodes and most people quit. So I think like anything, like you guys know with Instagram, like you guys know with building any social platform or any business, it's like you can't put out seven episodes and expect to be a number one podcast in the world or expect to have tons of listeners or expect to really change the game. And for Lindsay and I, I think it took us probably a year till we saw any sort of response and then we were maybe after that making $250 a month like it wasn't anything really substantial but we stuck with it because we were so obsessed with the conversations we were having the learning and it felt like something that we wanted to be doing so firstly I would just make sure that you really want to be doing it don't just do it because everyone else is doing it don't just do it for the money 
Don't just do it for like validation. I think there's so many ways that podcasting can change people's lives if they really just dedicate their time to it. But I don't think it's saturated. I think if you're the right person and personality, because podcasting is so personality first, it can be perfect for people. And I also think just like nurturing your audience. I think we can be so numbers focused by we, I just mean all of us, like can be so numbers focused when we start something. So it's like, okay, where are we at on the charts or how many people are listening or how many downloads do we have? And we didn't really look at the numbers for the first year. And even to this day, like, yes, we're super proud of our numbers, but it's not something that we're looking at every single day. But I would say like, get very clear about your intention for starting a podcast and get very clear about like, the relationship that you want to have with your audience. Is this just a way for you to express yourself and a really fun creative project? Is this start of a community where people can connect with one another or connect with you and and really learn? I don't think you have to decide whether you want to make money right away, but I just think being very clear about why you're starting this podcast and then the audience that does start listening, even if it's 50 people, nurturing those 50 people on Instagram or wherever else you're connecting with them, maybe in a Facebook group or whatnot. But it's going to take time away from what you're doing, but it's so important. Our early days of connecting one-on-one with our listeners, I think, are our OG listeners Mm -hmm. who still listen and connect with us today because we wanted to know like, what is resonating with you? What's not? And also, what are you going through? Really, how are you? And it really helped us to curate our content as well. And I just think that a lot of people miss out on that because of so many reasons. Like, am I worthy to even talk to my audience? Or is it even worth it if there's only 50 people? But it truly is because those 50 people will tell five or 10 people about your show and how connected you are to the audience. And you were just saying as well, like podcasting is really based on personality, like personality first. Like how have you navigated what you share and what you don't share? Honestly, I think I shared something. I remember two years ago or something, a year ago, my mom got married. She got remarried again. And I did this whole episode about my new dad, my new stepdad, and was basically making fun of the whole thing and just laughing about it, whatever, making laughter of like my traumatic experience. And my mom ended up listening and was like absolutely beside herself, heartbroken. And in that episode as well, I shared some very personal things about our family that like I probably shouldn't have. And so I realized in that moment that other people are listening and they're listening and they are affected by what I'm saying and doing. So I usually, that's always how I've learned. I kind of push it to the limits and then see where the limits are. But now I hopefully try and be more mindful about what I share and what I don't. But I think I share almost everything, but I do want to always make sure that I'm processed enough in it where it's not coming from a pain place. Like I did an episode called The Mother Wound and It was about my relationship with my mom and she actually listened to it and it was like has been really helpful for our relationship. But I came at it from a place of being healed rather than like being hurt. So I'm not like she did this to me. She did that. She did this. It was like this is what we've been through. This is like how I'm working on it. This is the steps to do it. So I try and be mindful, but it's hard because it just feels like it's us talking in a room. And that's what the beauty of it is though as well. And you just feel like it's you guys talking because you can have those conversations and people can listen and other people can be part of that, which I think is really powerful. I think for me as well, like I've not shared so much about my family stuff, but I really relish the place to come and be vulnerable and like mm-hmm. share those sides of me that's harder to share on Instagram yes. and like just like tap into a like different level of my soul and share that with people. And I think that really helps with rapport, rapport and the episodes that I've listened of you guys, like your vulnerabilities are mm-hmm. so amazing. And I think we are so surrounded by like the highlight reel on Instagram and um, Facebook and even YouTube for that matter. 
And so when you have role models who can show up and say, hey, we're not perfect, or this is going on behind the scenes, like, and that's really endearing. Huge. And yeah. I actually have a hard time with Instagram because I don't know how to be as myself and vulnerable. Like, in 15 second clips, you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, try to tag them all together. Yes, exactly. Like, so I'm going through this thing. Okay. So I'm going through this. It's just, and hard. also it's a visual medium. And I love beautiful photos. I love edited photos. So it's like hard for me to be like, this is what I'm actually going through. And here's a beautiful photo of myself. I actually find that to be challenging. So I find podcasting, like you said, to be so refreshing because you can hear in my voice, like what's going on. See, mm-hmm. I know you don't look at the numbers, but which have been some of your most popular episodes? Like where audience have just gone, oh my goodness, that was insane. I'm so glad you spoke about that topic. Yeah, I think just overall our relationship and sex act episodes are ones that people just really enjoy. I think put the word sex in the title and it's I like, oh man. I loved your sex episodes. I was <laughs> yeah. like giggling along so much. Okay, it's just like... so fascinating, especially for us to learn and have these conversations because we're not necessarily like, we talk about our relationships, but like we're not My fiance going is like, as deep. He is like... <laughs> Do not, he is so private. Like, he is so private, he dies. Like, whenever I say anything, he dies. Like, if I'm like, if we'll be like, oh, I'm wearing a bra, he's like, P, come on, don't tell him that you're wearing a bra. Does he listen to me? No, hell no. Hell no. no. He learned early. But I think the sex and relationship ones Glennon Doyle, Glennon Doyle, Jay Shetty. Roddy, um, you guys, I think you guys have oh, yeah. Roddy. Yeah, Roddy WPS. Yeah. An angel. Both of them on. She, she told me about the tongue scraping. Roddy did. She did. Yeah, she's oh, the best. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think. There's so many. Gabby Bernstein, Gabby Jenny Bernstein, Nicholas. John Wineland, Mark Groves. So many, but it's funny. Like, we've evolved in terms of what our focus has been throughout the life of the podcast. So we started very much health and wellness, and then more entrepreneurship and then more relationship and sex. And now we're just kind of in this season of spirituality and just exploring kind of the more woo-woo things, if you will. But yeah, it's kind of fun to allow it to be whatever it wants to be. But Authentic. Yeah, yeah, whatever we're kind of like working with. And we get this question a lot, kind of around pivoting. Okay, I was in this niche or in this space and I want to move into this one. How do I do it in a way that feels authentic and I'm not going to lose my entire audience? How do you guys navigate that? I think the most important part of that is the story, is just having people truly understand the impetus of the story. I have a dear friend. Her name's Crystal Street. She designed my wedding ring. I met her at a girl boss event, actually. She now is a healer. She's a healer and she works with uh, crystals. And so we were actually talking this weekend about how can we bring people along where she was making fine jewelry before she was a stylist before and now she's doing like Reiki healing and crystals. And we were talking about how really she's just like an alchemist. She really takes these beautiful earth elements, whether it's fine jewelry or crystals and uses them in healing. So it's like the fine jewelry or the crystals can be both used in healing. So it's really finding the commonality between the two and really bringing people along with the journey. If you're being really honest, like, hey, so I've evolved. I now have kids and I feel like this is a really important part of my journey that I feel like my business is moving in this direction and making good reasoning for it. There's no reason why people can't go along. But I feel like when you go from one thing to the next and people don't see the bridge or people don't understand the story behind the evolution, I think you kind of lose people. That makes sense. And so for the people that may already have podcasts, they've been being consistent. They've really found their rhythm and flow in, in what works for them, but they're not necessarily seeing the listenership. They feel like they're showing up every single day, but they're not seeing the listenership. 
What advice do you have for them to start getting seen and heard by people? Yeah, a few things. And I think we learned this along the way for sure. But I think having a marketing plan where you can have different platforms and channels where you are repurposing your, whether it's content on the podcast or just general topics that you speak on or value and repurposing it for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn on a consistent basis because you have different audiences on each one of those platforms. So you can kind of tailor the content for them. I say that, but I also want to be mindful that there are some platforms that won't be for everyone. TikTok might not be for everyone. Instagram might not be for everyone. We coached some podcasters recently where a few of them were like, I just, Instagram, I can't. I'm like, okay, interesting. So let's see, can we build your email list? Can we leverage LinkedIn to the nth degree? So I, I want people to get really clear about what platform feels good to them and also what they feel like they can do consistently. And I just feel nurturing those various communities on those platforms can really, you'll start to see your numbers grow. And then I would say collaborating with other mm -hmm. up and coming podcasters. So just a little bit at a time, you're going to be getting exposure to different audiences. And it doesn't need to be like a new podcaster pitching themselves to be on the Jay Shetty show, but you can collaborate with other up and coming podcasters who are aligned and I think it's really a great way to not only get exposure to their audience, but also work together and like ask each other those questions about podcasting that you've been dying to know, but have been too embarrassed to ask other people. Yeah, I think too, what we did this year is looked at our numbers and just looked at what were the most popular topics and episodes that we had. And then you can find commonalities between those. It's like, was it the topic? Was it the episode title length? We noticed that our most popular episodes actually had shorter, punchier titles than longer ones. So there was like the thought that we could leverage like keyword search within iTunes because they do have like keyword searching to get more keywords to pop up for episode titles. But it was actually really much shorter episode titles like Empowered Sex or something like that that really were more powerful for us and got more downloads. And then finding if it's certain guests or certain topics. So I think you can really, even if you have a smaller number, look at like the common thread between episodes and really leverage and lean into that. I love that. And how do you maintain your focus when you're talking about repurposing content? And we chat a little bit about this in our interview, but there's so many channels out there from LinkedIn to Instagram. How do you maintain having a core focus and make sure you are moving the needle while still being seen in a presence on other platforms. I think we could be better at this, to be honest. Having more of a focus. Yeah. Yeah. I think we want to, with what we do, we have our almost third audience, but then we have Podcast Pro. So it's like thinking about LinkedIn. Oh, this would be great to kind of show businesses and individuals, entrepreneurs, how to start a podcast and kind of feed them that information. And then on the almost 30 side, it's like the self-development and Instagram is so great for that. And I think that setting up systems and organizational pieces of the process that just set you up for success is so integral. I, I know for me, that's not my first in instinct to do that. But when I have done that, I am just so much more creative. My anxiety is lower. I just feel much more in flow. So even for our social media manager, having her schedule out content for the next two weeks, have it already scheduled, we've already approved everything. That frees us up for doing like random reels or hopping on stories and engaging with the audience. The first thing I would just say is organize yourself so you can set yourself up for consistency. And I feel like you did that 
really well right from the get-go because you guys were both had like full-time jobs right when you first started the podcast so it wasn't like it was like oh you had all this time to really focus on it you kind of built it around the things that you were doing so how did you go around meeting up to do those episodes how did you go around planning those episodes and making sure that you didn't skip a week because you've released one every single week right yeah Mm -hmm. every single week for four years So when Lindsay and I met, I just moved to LA and actually quit my full-time job to pursue blogging full-time. So I was like trying to be a blogger at that time. I didn't really realize that you needed to make as much money as you were spending. (laughs) So I got myself in some debt and I ended up, I was nannying during the day and I was serving at night and I was doing these odds and ends jobs. But Lindsay was a full-time spin instructor. So she had mostly the middle of the day open. So we sort of had these windows of time open together where we dedicated to meeting up probably every single day to really focus on what we were doing. And although we didn't know it, we were taking it very seriously. But during that time, I was just floundering. I was really scared because I was getting in so much debt and I really wasn't succeeding in the things that I was trying to do. So I was trying to find a full-time job. So I ended up finding a full-time job. She was still a spin instructor. And then we would have to focus of working on weekends. I would do emails for almost 30 at lunch. And sometimes I would work from home and just say that I needed to work from home and we'd sort of do our thing. So I just really cut out the fat of things that I was doing at work previously that weren't really worth my time. If I was ever reading blogs, if I was ever looking at just like gossip magazines or sites or on Gchat, or if during lunch I was going to lunch with people that I was working with and I didn't really enjoy it, I stopped doing things like that. So you just have to be really kind of savage about your time and just be really thoughtful about where you can find an extra 30 minutes an extra hour, an extra bit of time that you can dedicate back to this thing that you really want to invest in over just the job that you're at. Yeah, that makes total sense. And kind of going back to that organization piece, and like you say, you've showed up consistently every single week for four years. How do you find the balance between prepping and batching content so that you know you've always got episodes in the Mm -hmm. bank versus being relevant and being able to pivot and say COVID hits, you show up with an episode that month. Mm -hmm. Have you found a rhythm that works for you? So we tend to batch, not incredibly far in advance. So basically how our episodes are structured. So we have an intro to the episode that is recorded within two weeks of the release. And then the interview portion, sometimes we'll record like two months out, sometimes sooner, but it just depends. And that has really worked for us because we have so many other parts of the business that we're working on. It's not always like The best case scenario, Mm -hmm. because we'll interview someone and then whether it's a current event happens or something happens with them and like it just (laughs) there's so much that can happen. And it's not necessarily negative. It's just like, oh, I would have wanted to ask them about that or speak on that. And it kind of doesn't make sense that we didn't talk about that in the interview. So that's something we're always thinking about, but haven't necessarily built in that we record the week before and release it the next week. It's just not quite... Mm -hmm with our schedule yeah we just record episodes on thursdays though so we just do thursdays for these up for episodes that are going public so we try and do our schedule where monday is like Lindsay and i's connect day it's sort of like internal stuff we can do anything like that and then tuesday would be intros outros for us we will record on ours and then wednesday will be whatever meetings that we have if we have external calls thursday's recording day and then friday is like another white space day so we try and schedule our week out so that it's consistent in that way and that we can be mindful of batching if we need to do that. And so scheduling your week out, I know you were saying you have Podcast Pro, which is kind of its own entity, and you've got the podcast in your channels. By spacing your days out, do you work on different projects on different days? How do you manage that? 
Yeah, I think we do. So Podcast Pro this year, we're going to hire someone full-time for that. So right now we've sort of had multiple people in the business on that, but we're going to have a full-time person for that that's going to support it. But we usually do project by project basis. So in 2021, we had our full schedule of our launches just broken out. So the team will just be focused on one launch at a time. And then we'll sort of be doing podcast in the background, any other maintenance or things that we need to be doing as a business. But we try and keep one focus at a time for our whole business. And so Podcast Pro is more of summer, Q2 and Q3 for us. When we rebrand everything, we sort of update everything and just make sure it's like the best it can be because it's an amazing resource for people that really want to have their voice heard through a podcast. So what are you teaching it? There are three different courses. So we teach people how to launch their podcast. So that's honestly the part of the process where a lot of people stop and kind of give up because it is so overwhelming to learn the technical side of things, learn how to get an RSS feed. That whole part of it, I was talking to someone the other day, they're like, I'm just so overwhelmed. I don't even know where to start. And so we give that step-by-step from idea to launch. And then we also teach people how to market and grow their podcasts. So for people who have had their podcasts for a little bit and really want to grow their reach and strategize on ways in which they can organically and authentically really share their content on different platforms, ways to network with other people and leverage those relationships. And then we also teach people how to monetize their podcast. So we started making money, I would say about a year and a half in, and it's just increased over time. But I think the obvious to people is that we sell ad space. But I think there are many other ways in which you can leverage your podcast, your content, even you as a host. So we just get really creative and specific about how people can monetize their podcast. Yeah, I love that. And people often do think it's very black and white. It's like you get an ad sponsor. But for us, our monetization strategy has been very, very different because it's always been the same with our Instagram too. People always want to buy ads on it. And we never really did that. We did it differently. And so there's so many different ways that you can monetize based on what your goals are and how you want to run your business, which I think is just an important element to share. It's huge. Yeah, Yeah, we have so many people, I think, in our last coaching group that were life coaches or they had their own offering. And we're always drive back to your own offering first, because say, as an example, you are a you read astrology charts and you make 250 an hour doing that. It's like you're going to be making way more. Say you have 100 listeners and you get two of those, you make $500 from a podcast episode. So you can make that much more quickly than if you were to sell an ad spot and you only have 100 listeners. You wouldn't make much money at all. So we always say that it's smartest to drive back into your own ecosystem first. Yeah, I love that. And that's so true. And that kind of cross-pollination, which then starts happening across all of your products and your brand as well. I think it's just really powerful. And I also think it's just so important to surround yourself with people who are where you want to go because there are so many like tricks of the trade, as they say, all these industry like hacks or initiatives that you can really take. And if you just aren't surrounding yourself with people who have already made the mistakes that you can then learn from, you're totally missing a trick. 100%. It's so true. Oftentimes we've had those conversations even with guests who have like come to the studio and we're able to talk before or after. And I'm always so in awe and inspired by people who we just admire so much and are so who put them on this pedestal and they'll just open up right away to kind of their like trials and tribulations as far as being an entrepreneur or whatever they're doing and it is so comforting and then just giving us really tactical valuable advice so I think that's also a piece of podcast pro that just sets us apart where we've really built this from the ground up and Mm -hmm. so to be able to coach podcasters one-on-one or in an accelerator or through the evergreen program 
It's just that intangible, that experience of we actually have done every single part of this process from like setting up the studio to all the things that you don't want to do. Like we've done it. We've also made the mistake. So hopefully we can bestow upon you that insight so that you don't make those. But yeah, I think that's my favorite part of podcasting is when you meet people that you totally put on a pedestal and they open up to you and you're like, oh my God, we're in the same boat. It, it feels so yeah, good. Yeah, for it's sure. the best part. Okay, so my last question is, what is something that you're just really excited about for this year? What, what are you really looking forward to? What's coming up? I feel like I'm really, I feel the growth. I feel it coming and I feel the future and I'm just excited to have it be realized and I'm excited to step into this new phase of truth that I've sort of been letting percolate inside me that I'm ready to share and be in and I think I'm ready to actually be publicly the version of myself that exists privately in my life right now. There's not a big incongruence of that right now, but I think I've been talking about things a lot behind the scenes that I haven't shared at all. So I'm excited to just have more honesty with our community than I already do. I'm excited to just really pour into the membership. This is something that we've been wanting to create for so long. And so last year really afforded us kind of the time to sit down and be like, okay, what would that space really look like? And why is it important that we do this? And so to really focus a lot of our energy in there will be, I think, just so special and fulfilling. And then also just to build the Podcast Pro part of our business because we get questions every single day from podcasters. So it just feels so good to be able to not only be like, wow, I've been there (laughs) and be able to just give them the advice and really the resources and tools to take those steps much quicker than we were able to take them and just see how fulfilling hopping on a mic and sharing your message and or other people's message can be so I'm excited to build that out isn't the most magical thing when they get results and you're like yes yes the best so crazy you're (laughs) like whoa this is real (laughs) like investing in yourself is so real it's something that in the world before I was in corporate world I never would have thought I would have never been like why do you have to spend money to do whatever and now I'm like whoa it is so real so where can everyone find you where can they find podcast pro and I'll put links below as well perfect so you can listen to almost 30 podcasts anywhere you find podcasts you can visit our website almost30.com we have courses and workshops and merch and just all the things for you there you can also go to almost30.com slash podcast pro and that's where you'll find the evergreen program so the launch grow and monetize as well as our podcast pro ebook which is really incredible and great to get you started and just other resources like templates and things like that for your process and we're on instagram at almost 30 podcast i'm at Lindsay simsick and i'm at it's krista yeah love it thank mm-hmm. you so thank much you. thanks ladies and then you can also listen to you guys on ours which is so yes. beautiful If you love this episode, please subscribe, download a few more and please leave us a review. I really want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were. And I also want to know what you want to hear us talk about next. To say thanks for leaving us a review, we'll send you a copy of The Boss Babe 25. The Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. It covers everything from our favorite rituals, books, and hacks. If you want a copy, just leave us a review, screenshot it, and send to podcast at bosswave.com. We will then email you a copy ASAP. And since we love Instagram, you can go to the hashtag The Boss Babe Podcast and find our latest post and leave a question in the comments. We love reading through the comments and we'll make sure to answer it on our next podcast. <laughs>